Hey, Meat Suits, it's Alex. A couple of things before we start today. First of all, I want to say that I've decided that Meat Suits is now gender neutral, so that everybody's going to be Meat Suits after today. Second of all, I just wanted to say it's the end of the year. It's the last episode of the year, and uh, I really want to thank you for being here with us this year. I feel like I've had, we've had, you know, we've been at it for a couple of years, and this has been a really good one. We've had a couple of amazing live shows, so we've gotten to meet some people. To everybody we've gotten to meet this year, thank you. If you can come meet us after a live show, like the one in New York, please, and say hi and hang out with us and let us buy you a drink or something, because we want to we wanna be friends. We're hoping to have a great 2013, starting with our New York show. We hope you have a great 2013 with whatever you're doing, starting with whatever you're starting with, and enjoy the waning moments of 2012 with this I think it's a really, I think you're really going to like it, uh, this terrific Christmas episode. Good morning, Meets and Meet Dresses. Welcome back to Read It Weep. We are a good podcast about bad books, movies, and television. This is episode number 173. We have now done as many episodes as the number of guys the Beast has allegedly eaten in the Sandlot. Whoa! Whoa. Oh. But how many how many baseballs did he eat? I, I almost unmeasurable. Yeah, that is a big dog. Yeah. And and how many um, uh, James Earl Jones did he love? One. <laughs> there is only one. Cool. Uh, speaking of things that get me in the holiday spirit, this week we're talking about three Christmas films. Uh, that's right. We are we are watching Santa Claus Conquers the Martians, the 1961 film from 1992, A Muppet Christmas Carol, and The Santa Claus Three from 2006. These were voted on. In case you're wondering why is a show like this talking about the Muppet movie, I will tell you the definitive version of A Christmas Carol. Uh, this was a this was a vote. We just put this up on our Facebook page, facebook.com/slash/readandweep, and you, the fans. The meat suits yourselves. You decided what we were going to watch, and these were the top three vote getters. I don't know what you have against uh, a Muppet Christmas Carol, but you did, and thank you <laughs> because I this was this made my week. I think by having to rewatch it. Anyway, thank you everybody for voting. Uh, we really appreciate it. I especially uh, quick shout out to, to Daniel Fall who voted for everything. <laughs> He's just <laughs> just enthusiastic for us to watch Christmas movies. <laughs> Love your enthusiasm. Could use a little bit more focus, Daniel. <laughs> This episode is sponsored by uh, by Audible, of course, audiblepodcast.com slash read it and weep. If you go to that address and sign up for a free trial, you can get any audiobook from their collection for free, and it's the number one way to support our show. It's the way to give us the most money without giving us any of your own money, which is a pretty good deal. If you want to support us by giving your, us your own money, you can go to read-weep.com slash sponsor and sponsor a topic right there. You can pick anything under the sun that you want us to watch for a small fee. Get a free t-shirt, and uh, it's a good deal for everybody, and then we will make fun of the thing that you like or don't like. Let me introduce you to your panel for today. I'm your host. My name is Alex Falcone. You can follow me on Twitter at Alex underscore Falcone. And also here are my friends in San Francisco, California. It's Ezra Fox. Alex, I invented chill. You are Ooh. you are the master of chill. Your hair looks great. Would you say that you're one cool customer? Yes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So when you were born, was that the birth of the cool? 
Yes. Side oh. note, how great would it have been if instead of Jack Frost, they had just been Sub-Zero from Mortal Kombat? Better. Also joining us, he's uh, at C. Walter Smith on Twitter in Seattle, Washington. It's Chris Smith. Hey there, everybody. I've lost my jelly beans, and I'm going to dig through all the dirty Victorian London snow to find them. They're in your pocket. Oh, wait. They're right here in my pocket. <laughs> uh, okay. <laughs> you must have big pockets for a rat. Yeah, very big pockets. Jelly beans like, would be huge for a rat also, come to think of it. <laughs> That'd be a lot. Yeah. yeah, every one is a full meal and takes up your entire pocket. Just like what happens on Mars. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. They're food pills. Also joining us today, uh, you may remember him from almost one year ago today when he joined us for the 2011 Christmas specials. Please welcome back. He's a writer and performer at UCB in New York, at Drew Johnston on Twitter. In New York, it's Drew Johnston. Hey, guys. I just want to let you know I was never a child. I was a child with an adult brain. (laughs) This is the frustrating thing for me about the 1960s version of the future is it was like pills for your food and then they plug you into a, your brain into a teaching machine. Why not just teaching pills? You had the technology right there. <laughs> we had pills already. Awesome. All right. So let's talk about uh, we're going to go in the order that I described. So the first movie up for today is the 1961 classic film uh, makes a lot of the 100 worst films of all times lists and was famously done by... Uh, the show that copied us before they knew they were copying us. They call it the Read It, the Read it and Weep for TV, uh, which is uh, MST, Mystery Science Theater. But uh, Chris, we're going to do yes, our sir. own version. I'd like you to summarize today in the style of Chris Mar, the Chris Martian. <laughs> Great. Uh, putting on my helmet, and those are my antenna. Don't touch them. What are you, stupid? Yeah. All right. Here's a small brass pipe that goes from the side of your helmet to the top of your helmet. That's for my brain juice. (laughs) Now, Mars's children have a problem. They're too excited by Earth television on the video set and don't want to eat their food pills or sleep in their sleep pods. They want Christmas. (laughs) The children must learn what it means to have fun. We need a Santa Claus on Mars. So the head Martian and his council and his servant Droppo... Go to the Earth, but cannot find Santa. There are too many imposters. What will they do? So they land on Earth, and they kidnap a couple of Earth children, Bobby and Betty. B&B tell the Martians (laughs) that Santa lives on the North Pole. One quick hop to the North Pole later, the Martians kidnap Santa and take him back to Mars, along with Bobby and Betty. The Martians ask Santa to help the Martian children, and he sets up an automated assembly line system to make toys for the children of all Mars. His fingers are sore from all that button pushing, but there's a smile on his heart and a twinkle in his eye. One of the Martians on the council doesn't like all this touchy-feely Christmas business and wants Mars to return to being the planet of war. Yeah! (laughs) So that means killing Bobby and Betty as they were potential loose ends, killing Santa, and taking over control of the Martians. Also, that guy has a mustache, so you know he's a bad guy. It was a really evil-looking mustache. Yeah. Oh, man. It's like Snidely Whiplash style. <laughs> um, meanwhile, back at the workshop, Droppo the Servant is quite taken with the idea of being Santa and wants to be Santa himself. He dresses as Santa, only to be kidnapped by the bad guys who think he's the real deal. Uh-oh. Mistaken identity. <laughs> so the bad guy's coup is overthrown Classic with the help of bullshit. mistaken identity where you don't know the difference between <laughs> Santa in a Santa suit or a green guy with a green helmet okay, in a Santa suit. Okay, to be suit. fair, he just met Santa like a day ago. You know, it's yeah. not like they're lifelong friends. And all earthlings look alike, you know? <laughs> but what I if said it wasn't? It. I said it. There. <laughs> 
Okay, so the coup is foiled, and everybody who belongs on Earth, Santa and the kids, is returned home. Droppo becomes the new Martian Santa with the help of that automated assembly line, and the Martian children all get to be children again and have fun. The end. Yay! Yay! I have Yay. nothing but good things to say about this movie. Um, Are you serious? I'm... I, absolutely uh, thoroughly enjoyed it but uh let's start so today for the film festival we like to do instead of a compliment sandwich we always do an open-faced compliment sandwich so everybody has to say one nice thing about the movie uh drew as the guest you have the right to go first or last in the opening compliment i'll go first um i've been thinking a lot about this about this uh in particular movie and uh i i just gotta say that i'm gonna give it the most creative award This was when I was in second grade. We all had to write stories, and one person got best story, one person got uh, like best writing style, and then everyone else in the class got most creative. <laughs> <laughs> and I feel like, honestly, if someone gave this movie to that writing contest, no one else would get most creative award because this was <laughs> the most innovative thing I've ever seen in my life. Also, what if Martians needed Santa Claus? Best use of painted cardboard. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. I mean, it would it should get most of the awards for my second grade class. <laughs> also, best use of child star and for and future singing sensation Piazzadora. Oh. Oh, yeah. That's one of the Martian children, specifically Girl Mar, the Girl Martian. <laughs> Were they literally called Girl Mar and yeah, Boy Mar? Yeah. It was. It was. It was. I it did was, not catch that. That's really good. It was Girl Mar, and then the and then the mom was Momar, and the king was King Kimar. The King Martian. So, really, the naming system works great as long as there's only one family on Mars. <laughs> and why would they name him Droppo then? I'm I'm confused. Because he dropped everything. Oh. Yeah. Anyway. Well, he was Dumb Mar or something like that, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It seems like outside of the house, they had better names. For some reason, that house decided to go straight with Martian names. Well, Classic. At least they have a, at least they have like a naming scheme. That's all I really care for a family. <laughs> Just some naming scheme. <laughs> <laughs> At least their names follow a rigid pattern. Boy, Ezra is happy. <laughs> my, my real name is first, and my brother's name is second. <laughs> my my uh, older sister's name is first. My name is accident. <laughs> uh, all right, so I'm going to go second for my compliment for this, because I'm going to have so many. Um, but uh, I think my favorite thing is... The, so Eskimos, when they kiss, the Eskimo kisses use uh, their noses, right? Because mm-hmm. they're... Course. And and they're and they're like they're up in the Arctic area. They're farther north than we are. Martians kiss with their foreheads. So the further north you go, the further on your head you kiss. <laughs> and I I think that is brilliantly innovative. I can't wait to meet the Plutonians who just rub bald spots. Uh, I like the idea generally, Alex. But are you saying that that Mars is just straight north of the North Pole? Yep. North and, and up are the same thing. And that and that Pluto is just north of that. They're all straight up. <laughs> cool. Don't you, don't you remember uh, uh, your lessons from your laser camp as a kid? Up is whatever direction north is. Um, here's the question: Like in the South Pole, is it just like nipple kisses? Yes. Oh yeah. The farther south you go, it just so, it just goes. In right? fact, I, I've heard that in Australia they just neck, like literally neck to just, neck, just wrap necks around. Yeah, that's a it's an Australian thing, and then the toilets go backwards, right? That's Right in, Australian listeners. 
South Pole guy. listeners. <laughs> oh, yes, I have a case. I can't do an Australian accent. That's <laughs> not a kiss. In, but I like the effort. Uh, All right, cool. Chris, what's your compliment? My compliment is, even though I didn't, you know, initially detect this, this movie was way more influential than uh, mm-hmm. than I originally made it out to be. Did you realize that the Martian costumes here in 1961 look almost exactly like large versions of the Flintstones character, the Great Gazoo? Oh, yeah. Where they have a cape and a big green helmet and they're green skinned. That, that, and so, it's so amazing. It's like, it's like so basically it, it, shot for shot a remake of... <laughs> I can't even say it. Um, no, the Great Gazoo is amazing and one of the better characters that is maybe a hallucination. If you haven't... Yeah, I mean, wait, so, wait, wait, hold on, hold on, Chris. Yeah. Name three other great hallucinatory characters. All, well, all of the characters in uh, um, in Wizard of Oz. Oh, that's true. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, the first half of his existence, Snuffleupagus. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Before he became real. Before he became real, somehow, and we don't know why. You could... Tyler Durden. Yeah, I, so I actually that that would be my thing. I think I think it would be Tyler Durden, the Great Gazoo, and Snuffleupagus for the first half of his life. Done. <laughs> Boom. I, I could compliment. Um, Go for it. So there's a big robot at one point uh, named Torg. If I got that right. Yeah, he's the fearsome Torg. Yeah, yeah Tor the fearsome or Torg. Not to be confused with the limping Torgo. Very confusing. Yeah. Um, so Torg is what they unleash to capture, uh, Santa. Only problem is one of Santa's many powers, apparently, is to turn things that look like toys, only bigger, into actual toys. So <laughs> Torgo, he attacks some things, uh, but then just becomes Santa's servant. He does have the power to hug people to death. Near to death, yeah. Well, he, he's voice activated, so if he had been the right voice, he would have right. hugged that, those kids to There's death. There's a lot of hugging powers in these movies, now that I think of it. Um, All right, hu- with hugging that. was a big thing in the Santa Claus, which we'll touch on later. But It was sort of the only plot point. <laughs> Just, and then for the finale, a hug. Warm hugs. <laughs> Torg was so good. Torg is like the, like, this is like the classic kid dressed up like a robot for Halloween. Yeah, it, like, it looked, I mean, a square cardboard box, square cardboard head, uh, ducting for yeah, arms. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, your uh, dryer ducting, spray-painted silver as the arms and legs. It's just the perfect, classic, cheesy robot. I love it! Girl kid and boy kid, they did confuse the head of Torg with Santa's workshop. For <laughs> yeah, oh seconds. man, those kids were stupid. Well, in their defense, they were trying to find Santa's workshop. At the North Pole, which is over six million square miles of ice and, on foot. And in their defense, they were like dressed for like a, a brisk like New England winter and like it was she, she negative was wearing, ninety. She was wearing a skirt when it was negative ninety degrees at the North Pole. So they, they were probably dead already. Yeah, this is probably their hallucination. <laughs> Almost yeah, certainly <laughs> doomed. Also in their defense, they're not adult brains. They're <laughs> idiot child brains. They are super stupid. In their defense. In their defense. <laughs> All right, so now for our uh, anchor segment for Santa Claus Conquers the Martians, uh, we're going to play Yours is Not a Very Good Future slash Mars. Uh, Both of these, because this movie sort of takes place in the future, because we do have space travel, despite it being 1961 when the movie's made. Like, like rather easy space fight travel Mm. um, and and astronauts and such. Uh, So uh, we have that, but then we also have uh, The Vision of Mars, which is the classic 1960s vision of the future, where... You know, you you go to sleep when they give you sleep spray. You get tickled when they shoot you with the tickle ray. 
you eat yeah. food pills. There are teaching machines. It's all lots of blinking lights and cardboard dials. Anyway, it's the it's the perfect future Mars. So, in any order, what's something that you think uh, proves that this is not a good future or not I, a very good? I Mars? got one real quick. Go um, so there's a radar box. If I understand this correctly, uh, on the oh, Martian yeah. ship, Th- this was some bullshit. <laughs> so there's there's a, like sort of like a, a big like toy chest sized box made out of plywood their... with just a simple handle and, yeah. and hinges. Uh huh. And they keep their radar material in there, I guess. Uh, mm-hmm. And it, there's enough space in there they can fit a full dropo if a they need to. St- a whole stowaway. Uh-huh. Uh huh. But if they keep the dropo in there because uh, he stows away. <laughs> The radar doesn't work. Just make the box smaller so yes. Rock Droppo does not fit in there. Seal it off. You don't need to get in there in the first place. There's you know? almo- yeah, <laughs> yeah. Lo- definitely lock that piece of machinery. It's a lock box right your, there. Your comedic relief might want to climb in there if you don't. <laughs> that <laughs> and it was like it was like clearly that like not very big budget sort of the just the amount of space that was not used well on this spaceship was kind of <laughs> awesome. Yeah, right. <laughs> It's like you know, maybe though, maybe it's just it's the future. They've got so much good technology that they don't even care if they waste space. You know, uh, they, they have all of it. They're like, yeah, man, steel is negative three dollars a foot, so we might as well. You know, I can't afford not to. <laughs> they and they had a, they had a plethora of lights too. Like they would make a light that's like this light warns people if there's an elevator working somewhere in yeah. the spaceship. <laughs> <laughs> and they were because it was the '60s. They were full size filament light bulbs. They were not <laughs> just just a sixty watt. Yeah, just a full six. And there was like it almost looked like a carnival because there were like eight different colored sixty watt <laughs> bulbs that indicated, but were not labeled. Yeah, it was like oh, I think I might have just won that like uh, water gun uh, midway yeah. game. Yeah, I shot good. a lot of water in that clown's mouth. <laughs> and also the landing gear used that handle that you used to like emergency brake on the cable cars in San Francisco just a full like hand grip that's right and that's how the landing feet come out it was an awesome ship i don't i don't see you guys' problem those also those like those handles looked like just like uh, like an array of like colored dildos that you had to grab onto right <laughs> it was just like a lineup of like six <laughs> rainbow like uh, dildos that you could just like this one's for breaking this one's for sex well, and they're not, they're not, they're not, they're not labeled. They're right. just colored. But so there's like the two on the left are the landing feet. What do the other four do? Sex. Yeah, those <laughs> are for sex. The many Martian holes. This one. Oh, God. Uh, I also, I liked that the ship uh, put safety first. Like on the airlock, there was a door that said, warning, check equipment oh before God. leaving ship. Oh, my God. So here's the deal with the airlock. Sorry. I just want to get into this. Safety first. Um, so evil guy, when, when the ship is on its way back to Mars with Santa and the kids, the evil guy wants to trick them into dying by giving them a tour of the ship. And, like, here's the airlock. What is an airlock? And Bobby starts going off. And Mustache sneaks away, locks the door, and, oh you know, my God, these guys pulls the control stupid. to open the airlock. So apparently on Mars... When you are a Martian astronaut, when they're going to open the airlock, there's a 60-second timer that gives you a minute to check your equipment. Yes. But if there's something faulty with your equipment, there is no abort <laughs> button on the, the inside of the, of the airlock. What's the point? So there was 60 <laughs> seconds for them to go, we're going to die in 60 seconds. And, and you or know, get our magic Santa his way up a chimney. But it, there was no way to actually cancel ever the, from the, inside. The Martian space program's motto is tough love. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> that's why you can't have nice things. <laughs> you're going to figure this out, or you're not going to last yeah. very many years in the Academy. 
<laughs> you basically better check your equipment twice before you even step into that. Yeah, that's, airlock. A, that's the Santa Claus rule of airlocking. <laughs> right. I had a um, I had a problem with uh, in the cave when Droppa was trying to leave. I don't understand what if it, I think the light bulbs were the things that controlled whether or not a, ra- <laughs> a, like a radioactive shield was on. So so they've kidnapped Droppa because they think he's Santa Claus because yeah. he's wearing a Santa Claus suit even though he still looks like the Great Kazoo. Uh, with the Santa suit on. Uh, and they have him in this Martian cave, which is red, spray-painted, fake rocks. And then... Like you say, do. They say, you can't leave because there's a nuclear shield. <laughs> you'll, like, you'll cease to exist if you walk through this door. Yeah. But then to turn off the shield, he just unscrewed the two colored light bulbs. There were yeah, no and, switches. Oh and swapped them, which means that <laughs> one light bulb would work. It's the light bulb has the power. <laughs> it's like there's the, something... Fucked up about their life. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I also like this. I was watching this movie with uh, with Megan, my fiance, and she said uh, at one point she was just like, you know, it seems like there are a lot of similarities between Earth and Mars. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, so they're all speaking English with American accents, but for some reason uh-huh. they don't know the word like doll uh, or or yeah. love, right? I just, what, you know, how did you know. this? Well, when you learn any language, you know, the, the specific nouns are the hardest. But this to is their only language. Yeah. They have no Martian language. <laughs> maybe, maybe they were, this was all happening through immediate translators in that head pipe. And uh, so they were actually speaking Martian and that one just didn't translate. They had an incomplete Earth to Martian dictionary. Man. Oh. Interesting. <laughs> <laughs> I think. Oh, yeah. So- this is something that I had for Mars, uh, is that they, um, I don't know if you guys caught this, but at one point they said the old man, I can't remember. <laughs> oh, I forgot name. about the he old man. Like, Cthulhu yeah. or something. Yeah. yeah Cthulhu. Cthulhu. Yeah. It's yeah. Cthulhu. <laughs> he said in the middle of September, yes. which is the month. And so I actually did the work to figure out all 12 months of Mars Based on the formula, it's the first part of the of one month, and then the second part of the month immediately following. Ah, my favorite so, month is December. It's yeah. So I've got or I've moon. Got, it starts with December. It's decuary, then it's January, then it's February, then April. Uh, this well, one is pretty good. April, ah. moon. And easily the best one, July. (laughs) That's a good one. All right, so our second movie up today is a is the 1992 film A Muppet Christmas Carol. Oh. Chris, please summarize this for us in the style of Gonzo. I'm Gonzo playing Charles Dickens. <laughs> Somebody be Rizzo. Like, wait, wait, you don't no, you don't mind. look like Charles Dickens at all. <laughs> I'm Charles Dickens. 
Let's drop this. <laughs> what I love about you, Chris, is your commitment to comedy. Yeah. The Muppet Christmas Carol is Charles Dickens' A Christmas Carol, only with Muppets. And Michael Caine is Scrooge. Singing, Muppet antics, and the true meaning of Christmas went out. This was delightful, and if you hate it, there is no joy in your heart or a smile on your soul. But, yeah. I, no, I just one of the great things about this is like it's only about the Christmas spirit. It's not about Santa specifically. It's not about Jesus. It's just it's nice to be nice. That's pretty much it. You do yeah. not have any reason to have any qualms with this moral. And, okay. Oh, also, it's going to be fuzzy. Well, I I have I have some issues. And look, I want to. So just just you know, I have no problems with any of the Muppet parts. The Muppet is flawless. All of my issues are <laughs> they, with. They Charles give good Dickens. Muppet. They give great Muppet. Uh, oh, the, this is the, basically the best Muppet movie that was ever made. <sighs> And it's by it's it's the definitive Christmas Carol. Yes. I would not recommend you watch any other the Christmas uh, Christmas Carol. If there's no Muppets in it, there's no reason. However, I do have some problems with the moral of this. It's not just that it's nice to be nice. I have some other issues. Um, but we, before I get into that, we got to do the compliments. So everybody, open face compliment sandwich. Everybody, one nice thing you're going to say about this, or in your cases, the favorite thing you're going to say about this. Drew, first or last in the Muppet compliment? Uh, I'll go last. Okay, well, why don't I go first then, since I got some other stuff later. Um, it it seems to me like all the ghosts do is show Scrooge people talking shit behind his mm. back. Yes. That really is like the ghost of Christmas past, is like, here are times when you are sad, and other people are laughing about it. And then the present is like, here is your nephew making fun of you tonight on Christmas. And then the ghost of Christmas future is like, here are people shit-talking you after you're dead. And this is all a very good lesson, that even people who deserve it, you think they can't hear you, but they might be hanging out with Christmas yeah. ghosts. So, very powerful lesson. Don't talk about people being Yeah, it's like the, third, the, the three-way calling attack, but with ghosts. Yeah. <laughs> right. It's the classic... That How great would Mean Girls have been if it would just been Mean Ghosts instead? <laughs> <laughs> as long as one of the ghosts wasn't that creepy child ghost, because... Christmas Past was definitely the creepiest ah, ghost. Wait, hold on a second. Muppet. Wait, it was good. You're, you're saying Christmas Past, the child ghost, is creepier than a faceless, like, uh, Grim Reaper ghost of Christmas Future? The faceless demon Reaper was kind of awesome-seeming, and he was just... And he didn't talk. He didn't, like, over-explain anything. He just had the one <laughs> finger, and he pointed with it. His finger was really he tired, was though. Straight to the point. <laughs> straight to the point. But the first ghost is, like... She's like half fetus child with this flowing white robes and what? little tiny hands way too far away from I her mean, body. I see a point a little bit. And it is kind of like the Renesmee baby from Twilight, but... Definitely. She's a little, the uncanny baby. <laughs> <laughs> These are the E-trades of Christmas past. As what's your compliment? Um, oh, God. Uh, so, at one point, there is a cabbage that's being stolen in the opening scene, and it says, help, I'm huh? being stolen. I thought that was a melon, but yeah, okay. you're right. There's a cabbage that looked like a melon or a melon that looked like a cabbage. <laughs> it talked. It was delightful. We need more talking fruit. A, that is a good, also a good loss prevention strategy for... for oh my god, wait, just wait. I didn't even think about this all the way. What happens when <laughs> they eat him? Like, help, I'm being eaten. And like, I'm knock it off, yeah. guy. I'm a muppety well, melon. I'm, I'm, I'm a sentient creature. You know, as Rizzo says, though, his mom always taught him, don't eat anything that's singing. Yeah. <laughs> Don't eat anything that will complain when you eat it. Well, it's also possible. So it knows that it shouldn't be stolen, which means it knows that it ought to be 
purchased. Mm-hmm. So it clearly knows the way of human food. So it probably would be stoked to be eaten. It's like, finally, I'm being yeah. sacrificed to my god. <laughs> wow. Right? This makes me uncomfortable now. So, yeah. I, I, is that a Muppet god? There's a Muppet god. <laughs> we have the big Muppet melon. Or the great pumpkin, and it's a vengeful Muppet. <laughs> yeah, I like, when Muppet I picture God. Muppet God, it's the it's the ghost of Christmas present, the big chubby, forgetful uh, Scottish oh, man. Oh yeah, that was a good one. He's, I mean, hands down, the best uh, ghost. Oh yeah, but isn't Muppet God just Jim Henson? Like I feel like that was uh-huh. <laughs> the old Jim Henson in the, the sky. They're like worried about him. Jim he Henson created, looks a lot like Jesus already. He and and he created uh, Kermit in his own image. Yeah, yeah, sort of. Sort of. Jim is a frog. Yeah. 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 Jim Henson's actually a frog. <laughs> Chris, what's your uh, your your prime compliment from Muppet Christmas Carol? Um, mine is just Kermit singing about Christmas. Always makes me really sentimental. Really. And I spent the rest of the day. Yeah, I spent the rest of the day with the with the Christmas spirit in my heart. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's good. Really. Yeah. Oh, this. I mean, look. I, obviously, the movie is great, but we can still notice things that are better and worse than others. And I thought the frogs, by and large, phoned it in on their songs. Oh, really? See, I thought Marley and Marley th- phoned it in on their. Oh, songs. oh I love Marley and Marley. Uh, oh, guys, that is the best song. Uh, How could you? Yeah, but it's like the "Who Let the Dogs Out" of Muppet songs. <laughs> it it's just one line. Look, look, listeners at home, all right. Uh, if you have not ever <laughs> seen Muppet Christmas Carol, uh, Statler and Waldorf, the the hecklers of the Muppets. Are uh, Marley and Marley? Uh, uh, they're like the pre-ghosts. Yeah, the pre-ghosts, right? Yeah, the, <laughs> the opening the Jacob act. Jacob Marley ghosts. Uh, uh, mm-hmm. They're the warm-up for um, uh, you know telling Scrooge what's going to happen, and they have a bunch of chains. They sing this great epic song about being dead and being Marley and Marley. That's most of it, actually. I guess. <laughs> it like yeah, that. it's we're Marley and Marley. Whoa. <laughs> we're Marley and Marley. Whoa. And that, I guess that Let like the that's dogs <laughs> out. <laughs> Marley, Marley. <laughs> I guess the ooh is the is the barking part of the who yeah. dogs out. Oh, it is so good, and the and the ghostly chains, so good ghostly chains. I I definitely thought the frog sucked it up, but I'm glad Chris that they were able to make you happy. I'm glad it works for somebody. It did good. Uh, Drew, your final chance. Um, what is your prime compliment? Uh, you know, I mean, I was trying to think about this. I really don't have any flaws with this movie, so I'm gonna say because I love this movie so much, I'm going to say, instead of a compliment, I'm going to say my one problem with it, and that's that it is not longer. <laughs> yeah. Wait, there are, I mean, you've gotten past, present, and future, you know, you know, perfect plot arc growing and changing and all that. What do you want to see yeah. more of? Do you want to see more of know. just happy Scrooge creepily showing up at his employee's house? No, let's, 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 let's spin it off. Like, let's, let's just go through all the different, um, like, Christmas movies with Muppets now uh, and yeah. Scrooge. Like, so let's do, like, It's a Wonderful Life, but with Muppets. So it's like, yeah. and so like, you know, now we know what happens if you change. But let's also see if you never existed. Why not? <laughs> I, would, I would see any of these things with Muppets. I would see any Christmas movie with Muppets. And I'm, I'm including, like... Jesus Christ Superstar. I would see that <laughs> with Muppets. <laughs> Muppet Christ Superstar. I also think who's Jesus playing Christ Jesus? Superstar, uh, probably Gonzo. Oh, I was going to get Fozzie. Fozzie is Jesus. Would have to be Jesus, and Gonzo right. would have to be Judas. <laughs> yeah, that that seems reasonable. But yeah. Judas was like, it would be kill himself by shooting himself like uh, like which out of make, a cannon. Wait, which makes uh, Miss Piggy Mary Magdalene. Allegedly, yep, yeah, yep. allegedly. allegedly. <laughs> if you believe the like the Da Vinci Muppet version, <laughs> I would I would watch the Da Vinci Code in Muppets too. 
Oh, oh I yeah. would too. Man. Or Muppet Love Actually, where it's just every Muppet falling in love with every other Muppet. <laughs> and also Colin Firth. Well, there's a and also Colin Firth. There's a strange part. So the 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 Miss Piggy and Kermit the Frog uh, family, the Cratchit family. Oh, that is kind of weird. I guess we should talk about that. They have they have two daughters, twin daughters, who are pigs, and they have two sons, which are both frogs. So either pig is just the female frog, <laughs> or they're from different different fathers. Yeah, that's yeah. the previous marriages. I'm reading a book right now about DNA, and that doesn't work. <laughs> well, previous marriages would only be the only one that would work. Then is like there's a Mr. Piggy, and they broke up because she was cheating on him with a frog. Oh yeah, it's like a yeah, it's kind of like the Brady Bunch. bunch. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Hey, Brady Bunch. <laughs> Which I would also watch with Muppets. Uh, anything with Muppets. Anything with Muppets. <laughs> I. I also think it's a little weird uh, about the, the the ghost of Christmas present. I think he's a bit strange. He's kind of he's a slippery fuck because he <laughs> he shows stuff that happened on Christmas Eve, mm-hmm. which was a couple hours ago, so right. past. And he shows stuff that's happening on Christmas Day, tomorrow, Christmas future. Really, he should only be showing Scrooge his employees as they sleep. Yeah, right. There is some mission creep there, I think, in Ghost yes. of Christ- Christmas Present. <laughs> present definitely is the mission it's a, creep. It's guy. a fuzzy present. Uh, you know, near future. Yeah, yeah. The Ghost of Christmas, plus or minus a couple days. Yeah, right. G- you know, g- give me a range. And then he just like gets old all of a sudden and seems to die. I don't really understand it. Yeah, he, he dies around midnight on the day, which is actually 3 a.m. the day before. Yeah. I don't know. Time zones. How does that work, man? <laughs> <laughs> the Ghost of Christmas present in New York time. Yeah, Greenwich Mean Time. Yeah, it's also awfully convenient that he meets his girl. That Scrooge meets his girlfriend on Christmas, breaks up with her on another Christmas. He dies the day before Christmas. Like Tiny yeah. Tim dies two days before Christmas. Yeah. Like if any of this should happen on Easter, we'd never know about it. <laughs> Turns out, yeah. But like that's kind of like complaining. Isn't it wildly convenient that Scrooge got visited by three ghosts in one night? No, like, it's not. That, that's no, totally, no, because. Well, I get to suspend my disbelief once. You don't get it to be on everything. Well, also, he was visited by five ghosts. Uh, but just the first two ghosts you know, said there'd be more. So that's fine. That's like part of the, that's part of the rules. Yeah, they wish for more wishes. <laughs> exactly. Ghosted for more ghosts. Uh, here's, what I, here's my big problem, though, is like about the story. Like, I, I agree with you that it's kind of a lovely secular Christmas story. Uh, that it's just about the spirit of Christmas and hope and charity and all that. So problem A, it's part of the war on Christmas. B, I have this problem about the way Scrooge is. Like, I understand that he's a jerk, right? Saying that social services and his taxes should be enough money to support the less fortunate already. Like, that's mean, sure. Uh, But he does let Kermit have the day off for Christmas. So he's not heartless. Okay, but it's the kind of thing where it's like, yeah, I'll do what you want, but I'll make you feel bad about it. And that's just kind of... He's his boss. Yeah, that's kind of a dick move. It's like, look, either you do it or you don't do it, right? Like, you know, don't, don't be passive-aggressive about it also. It's not... Okay, fine. So, so your complaint is Scrooge kind of a dick. Sure. Yeah. Uh, but the whole point of this movie is, norm- is numerous people entering his private space <laughs> and telling him how he should feel on a religious holiday of which he is not a celebrant. But it's the only important day that's ever happened in his life is all Christmases. So, like, you know... Yeah. It's right. a so the movie day. really, <laughs> the movie is more like, have you not noticed a pattern here? <laughs> <laughs> the 
Yeah, the real story is that it's the most important day in every event of Scrooge's life is on Christmas. It is. And he just dismisses it every single time. <laughs> oh, have we ever thought about the fact that maybe the reason Scrooge hates it is because his birthday is Christmas and everyone's forgetting it? Oh. <laughs> oh. Oh, that's also shitty, right? He gets the double present sometimes. Yeah, usually just the one. Yeah, he just I, gets the one present. Yeah, well, but I also think like like his his nephew co- knows he doesn't believe in Christmas, knows he doesn't celebrate this holiday, comes into his office, redecorates, yeah, insists that he give his money to charities which he has not ac- adequately vetted or and doesn't know if he supports. Yeah, and <laughs> and uh, you know a lot of groups that claim to be helping the homeless are not actually great charity. You can't just give money to any charity that knocks on your door. And they entered his office demanding money. That's a douchey thing for you to do. Yeah, and one of them didn't have eyes. I wouldn't have said that. <laughs> that, that <laughs> is a good spoke point. only meep. That's fucking bullshit. Here, here's the ballsiness of that, though. George Orr Salesman only says meep. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't speak English. <laughs> this, this is Beaker and, and, and Dr. Bunsen Honeydew for, for viewers at home. Yes. Uh, yeah. I love the idea that he just brings Beaker around so when they have to get to the details, they just let Beaker do this. Yeah. yeah, it's like good cop and meep. <laughs> and beep. <laughs> good cop, Beaker cop. That might eventually get you to talk. I don't know, because you're just not sure where Beaker's coming from. <laughs> also, if Cratchit could go find another job. If he's this awesome bookkeeper... Go work someplace that has working heat. Mm. Find another job, man. That's we never fun. said Bob Graduate was a talented bookkeeper. He seemed yeah. like it. He well, was writing very quickly for Frog Hands. He's better than all the rats that are employed <laughs> as well. That's about yeah. all we know. And he's also a frog. We don't know what the like what the affirmative action for frog hiring is in London <laughs> in the late 1800s. Well, the weird thing about London in the 1800s, it turns out, is that like half of the people are not people. There's a quarter are melons. And thoroughly a quarter of that half are melons. Yeah. <laughs> Same joke. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's it for the Muppet Christmas Carol. Oh, man. Thank God it's Christmas. Yeah. Thank God it's Christmas. Thank God it's Christmas. Can it be Christmas? This ad was neither required nor approved by read-weep.com slash Amazon. Amazon. Because there are wolves outside. Meanwhile, by the read it and weep chimney, where the stockings were hung with hate. Oh, sigh. What's the matter, Drew? It just seems so unfair, Alex. In this season of hating, some movies get lots of hates, but others have hardly any at all. It doesn't seem right, does it? I mean, the Santa Claus 3 has more than enough hates to go around, but it hoards them all to itself, so the Muppets barely has a single hate. Hate, hate, hate. Merry Dismas. Haiti Claus. What seems to be the trouble, little ones? Nothing, Haiti Claus. Maybe you were wondering why I don't make every movie have the same number of hates. Yeah, a little. Oh, you see, Drew, the world is a cold, unfeeling place. Some get a little, and some get a lot, and there's nothing you can do about it. But couldn't we just give some extra Martin Short hates to Kermit? Kermit wouldn't know what to do with them. He's just a simple frog. He has no use for things like hates about frosted eyebrows or annoying pantsuits. 
I guess you're right. Drew, I know when you're lying. It's one of my 87 Haiti Claws powers. Well, it just seems... It sounds like a, a load of hooey. <gasps> there. I said it. Maybe you think you know better than old Haiti Claws. No, no, I... It's not like I'm a mythical creature born out of hate and tinsel with one goal in mind. Look, forget I said anything. No, you rubbed this bottle, now you gotta dance with the genie. Okay, Drew, you know so much about hating, now you're Haiti Claws. Wait, what? Yep, now you're Haiti Claws. Deal with it. That seems a little harsh, Haiti Claws. Oh, big man, are you? All right, Alex, now you're the new Haiti Elf. Chris, now you're eight Haiti reindeer. What? I didn't even... Come on. Haiti claws out! (laughs) Huh. Well, that didn't go well. What do we need to do now, new Haiti claws? Well, we need to get all those hipster boys and girls something to hate fast. But Dismiss is only two days away. That's not a problem for read-weep.com slash Amazon. They have fast shipping in some of the most hateable movies ever. From Troll 2 to The Room to the complete works of Kate... Hudson. <laughs> Hooray! Plus, a portion of the sales go to support Read It and Weep, even if you buy a flashlight. Double hooray! Double hooray! Go to read-weep.com slash Amazon and have a merry dismiss. Hate, hate, hate! Fuck you all! I bought no treatment All right, uh, it's time for our uh, our final movie, The Santa Claus Three, from t- the 2006 film starring Tim Allen and a bunch of bullshit. Chris, yep, please summarize for us in the style of Santa. Ruh, ruh, ruh. <laughs> <laughs> it's another Christmas at the North Pole. Tim Allen plays Santa and is very busy, and his wife Carol, Juliet from Lost, is very pregnant. <laughs> the stress of the holidays! <laughs> Martin Short plays Jack Frost, and he is sick of being a sidekick. He's trying to take over the job of Santa Claus, and he almost gets suspended in doing so, but instead becomes a helper at the North Pole. Santa's wife Carol is giving birth, and she wants her parents up there. But her parents think that Tim Allen's a Canadian toy maker, so the elves turn North Pole into a thinly veiled fake Canada. <laughs> hey, everybody. Welcome to the screen, Alan Arkin and Anne Margaret. All right. Um, also, Santa's ex-wife and psychologist husband, Neil, come with their daughter because they really, really want to see the North Pole. So the whole family's up there. Family drama. <laughs> Just don't tell Carol's parents that Tim Allen is actually Santa. So Jack Fart, or Jack Frost, <laughs> Jack Martin Short, <laughs> subtly and not so subtly undermines the workshop by messing up the machinery and getting elves to stop doing their jobs and bribing them with hot cocoa. And he steals Santa's magic MacGuffin and tricks him into saying he never wanted to be Santa in the first place, which warps both of them back in time to the first movie. Jack takes the Santa coat and becomes Santa Claus. I, I think that whole thing was just to get him... It was just a, a cheap way to save film. It was like, let's just sh- do some clips from the first movie again. That's right. That's right. <laughs> I love it when they revisit the same movie. Like, Back to the Future yeah. did that, yeah, too. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, but... Um, so, Martin Short, new Santa Claus, is greedy and tells the world all about Santa, which means he ruins the secret of Santa Claus. He's and he makes the North Pole... and lazy and a hell of a singer. Yeah, and he turns the North Pole into a kitschy tourist destination with Martin Short in a Santa suit doing a Broadway review all about Santa Claus as the main attraction. (laughs) 
It's pretty great. It's way better than any of the frog songs in the Muppet movie. Yeah. <gasps> well, psh- I hate you so much. <laughs> um, so Tim Allen, now not Santa, just Tim Allen, goes to the North Pole, tricks Jack Frost in back into saying that he never wanted to be Santa into the MacGuffin, which sends both of them back again to the first movie. So now they're repeating footage twice. <laughs> and Tim Allen grabs the Santa coat and hat once more. And all's well that ends well. Uh, Carol has her baby. Everybody's parents are happy. And Jack Frost is punished. And the world is right again. It's right. It seems like bullshit that the that the dome, the snow globe, can't tell the difference between the person actually saying something and the person saying it in scare quotes. Yeah, that pen recorder that Macaulay Culkin used in Home Alone. Yeah, yeah. and the pen recorder. Like seriously, it should know the difference between all of those things. Yeah. Anyway, this movie was some bullshit, involved time travel, but did have Martin Short wearing about an inch of makeup. <laughs> in his hair. In his hair. Yeah. All right, so uh, Drew, would you like to go first or last in this compliment? Uh, I'll go first. All right, go for it. This movie stars among almost all of my favorite actors. <laughs> That's about all I got. <laughs> this is one of those, like, from the classic genre a terrifically talented actors doing silly shit. Yep. And uh, Alan Arkin is still great as yeah. Alan Arkin. Yeah. Yeah. But <laughs> as Alan Arkin. Oh yeah, he's just Alan Arkin. But Martin Short and I love Martin <laughs> Short. Oh my god. That's all I have to say. <laughs> awesome. Uh how about uh, Chris, you go second. Oh, okay. Um so Santa knows how to decorate. He went balls to the wall. There, his house at the North Pole has maybe the best fireplace I've ever seen. Which is a giant Santa, a giant head of Tim Allen, like his face. And then he has his mouth open going, uh, and that's where the fireplace is. It's amazing. It's it looks like Tim Allen. 15 foot tall concrete Tim Allen's face with his mouth wide open. And it moves when he so comes good. down. It's so good. Uh, that was something. That's my favorite part of all of the North Pole. Um, all right, my my compliment is for uh, is for blooper reels. Yeah, because right before the credits, they do a classic blooper reel, and you just don't get that enough often anymore. You know, and that that is some quality entertainment. A bunch of adults giggling when something that's not funny to us at all happens in their workplace. It was by far my favorite part of the movie. Like not it even was, close. It was fun. Or when Aisha Tyler called, she plays Mother Nature, one of these guardians that like have counsel of hiring and firing or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, but she's like, Tim, stop giggling. <laughs> and he's like, there's laughter in this scene. She goes, there's no laughter in this scene. <laughs> and Tim Allen just looks like a dick. Yeah, yeah. She's way better than Tim Allen. It's, well, I mean, in it's a like, lot of ways. I've seen good blooper reels, but this one was just, it was just giggling. There's just nothing like, oh, you said a word wrong. Ha, 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 ha. Yeah, it was. It, it wasn't as good as a blooper reel for the master. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, Ez, final compliment. Okay, this is a compliment for um, the actor uh, Eric Lloyd. Eric Lloyd, uh, who was uh, the kid Charlie, for being smart enough to only want to be in two scenes. <laughs> it's like major plot point. Uh, the son Sarah was like, "Wait, wasn't the son like supposed to be like, you know, in the movie at all?" And, nope. uh, yeah, we just don't need him anymore. We have, like, cuter, very much cuter, like, a uh, step, ex-stepchild, I guess. Uh, right, uh, the hugging redhead. Yeah, no child of no relation to Tim Allen. Yeah. Yes. Magical, yeah, Uncle, Uncle Tim Allen somehow. 
Uh, do you uh, do, do you know if the actor who played Charlie as a teenager was the same one who played him as a kid? Yes, it was yes. the same. It was. So he was he was also in the movie as his kid self, getting hopefully residuals for that film being reused. Oh yeah, that's the good thing about it. He got okay. That's the great thing. He was in two scenes in real life, got paid for three. Yeah. Well done. Yeah. <laughs> It's, that's awesome. Uh, all right, let's do. Uh, let's do it. It's time for another read it and weep debate. Dum, 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 dum. Wow! All right, so today's uh, this is a classic read it and weep debate uh, where we have uh, an, we have two sides arguing about a specific point from this movie. One side will be arguing the, the negative one and the positive. We will have one judge and one freelancer. That will be Drew, who can be on either side as he sees fit. And like all debates, we'll go through two major points and then an ad hominem attack round, and the judge will decide <laughs> like based all on debates ever. And the judge will decide I, based on nothing. I saw the Today's presidential debate. It went through no major points. So. Yeah, it's fair. Two yeah, is and good. they did have plenty of ad hominem attacks. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, all right, now, so today's question Is Santa achieving the right work life balance? The Santa Claus 3 was largely about his work life balance between being Santa and being a good future dad. And. We want to know, does he achieve it? And then also, more generally, is the position of Santa Claus a flawed option for work-life balance? Can it ever be achieved? So, today, arguing the side that, yes, he has achieved that balance is Chris. Yep. And I will be arguing the negative. Drew will be our freelancer, as you will be our judge. Great. So, as who would you like to hear from first? Um, I would like to hear the pro side first. All right, that's me. Um, so here's the thing about Santa and work-life balance. Um, work-life balance doesn't just mean, do you get enough vacation time? It means, can you leverage one for the other and make decisions between them when the time is right? Santa's like in-laws are coming and they can't know about the North pole. So instead of stressing out about it, he takes some of his time out of his work, some of his resources and turns the North pole into a fairly unconvincing, but just convincing enough version of Canada. Uh, yeah. Chris, how isn't that great? Question. Um, yeah, there was a Canadian bacon exchange store. Mm-hmm. Yes. What is the exchange rate for bacon to Canadian bacon? <laughs> well, um, you know, it's one point three to one in favor of Canadian bacon, mm-hmm. uh, and that's because of the extra brining that's involved. Ah, very good. Uh, so, so what you're suggesting is the trick to good work-life balance is being able to misuse company resources to lie to your in-laws. No, 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 no. He's the boss, and they're keeping... This is all clock hours, man. It's all union. You don't think there's shareholders who are going to be concerned that instead of making toys for the holidays, who, they were using their who time holds making... A, bed- who owns a share of, 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 of Santa? Holiday... In? Present funds? <laughs> Holiday in? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the Holiday Inn investment fund. That's, that's it. Here's my main here's my main problem. Here's my why I'm the negative on the work life balance. His wife does not like it there. Most specifically, his wife, Mrs. Claus, is racist against his elves. Mm. She hates all of his employees. She's constantly saying racist shit about them, like, I can't wait to be around tall people again. I can't wait till my real people. How is that racist? It's like altitudist or something like that. Real people. She calls she said they're not real people because of their height and their ears. She's specifically racist against the uh, the race of elves. Alex, are you okay. saying that because how, how is that life work balance? Yeah. As I was saying, like if you if you kidnap your wife and you force her to live in negative ninety degree temperatures, where she is living in the dormitory of your office, 
and she has to see spend all of her time around people she's racist against, you are not achieving a balance. Uh, counterpoint, doesn't she explicitly say that she doesn't regret coming up to the North Pole with Santa in this movie? Well, sure. Some people lie to themselves. <laughs> <laughs> we got to take her at her word. No, she, she's clearly miserable. And she does. She, I mean, that's the whole point of the movie is her actually wishing she wasn't there and wanting to go back to being a principal of some stupid school. You know, it's it's like a it's like traveling to a foreign country. You know, if you're an expat, you're gonna get homesick every once in a while. You miss the the you know the cadence of your natural yeah, language. You miss you know, the peanut butter, the uh, you know the the bad reality television, the the people who are taller than four foot ten. Let's not forget that Tim Allen murdered Santa Claus to get this job. Not just once, what? several times now. <laughs> he said, "Hey, what are you doing on my roof?" And Santa fell off. And That's did he call murder. the Did he call the cops? No, he didn't. He let the guy bleed Because he was DOA. <laughs> you don't just get to decide that. And you still call an ambulance for a person who fell off for your For an evaporated, you know, body that disappears and you just have a coat? Well, he had taught... Yeah, yeah. And he did not... Did, let me ask you, Drew. Did he evaporate while Santa was holding the phone and dialing 911? <laughs> no. But he evaporated while is, Santa was going, oh, I guess I just killed the man. I'm going to put on his fucking coat. Yeah, but he didn't bleed to death. He yoded to death. Yeah. He just, like, disappeared into the <laughs> Yeah, so he became like more powerful than you could possibly imagine. Tim murdered him for the fur coat. There's no other way to look at that situation, and that is a way to get a job and then move your relocate your family against their will. That is not work life balance. Okay, well, I mean the thing though is is that this is Jack Frost is really really not a good worker, and I think this is a weird <laughs> anomaly of a year that we have. So we can't really judge if he's. If he's a balanced worker, hold on a on second. This year, hold on a second, Andrew. You're suggesting that the problem here was one of HR. You know, yes. in a single bad. Oh, I hiring. think most problems are one of, of workplace culture. Mm. Alan. Here, okay, yeah. Here, yeah. Here's the problem of workplace culture: is Santa Claus is not able to fire people who are ruining not just his business but his entire life. <laughs> he's so unbalanced. I mean, after clear I think infractions, for any, any decision as serious as termination, you need a you know a history of behavior. And he he's only been able to catch him in the act the a couple whole times. Factory. He sabotaged the medical unit. Unbeknownst to anyone, yeah, well, though, uh, uh, of course, we saw him doing these things. When you hire a known froze. criminal, watch what he's doing. At least get him a supervisor for his first week on the job. <laughs> yeah, and he froze. He froze Mexico, which made all the birds fly north for the winter, which yeah. probably killed all the birds. <laughs> So he, he's a bad person. Okay, he is. No, I'm seriously. No, I'm. I'm, no. Gonna, I'm jumping in here, guys. This is an issue of engineering, not of HR. Um, this is just if you have a dial that goes from like slow to medium to too fast so that everything explodes. No one should have made that dial in the first place, right? All it takes is one yes. bad egg to turn it to the, to the far right and and rip off the dial. There should be some fail safes. What about the time that he blew freezing cold breath into the exp- espresso maker, causing it to explode and kill many people? You know, you not know, real I think he was else. just going for an artisanal iced coffee machine. <laughs> <laughs> I, Ezra, I think you need to stop this and make a call so we can go on to the next point. Oh, very good. Um, Drew wins. Okay, Drew is up. <laughs> freelance, I didn't get taxed. <laughs> That's not how freelance works. You said, I don't get taxed, you get, freelance, I just got audited. Shit. <laughs> All right, Ezra, what would you like to see going first in the second round? Uh, I would like to see um, 20 seconds from you, Alex. Okay. Starting yeah. now. Okay. They live on campus. 
Tim Allen as Santa and Mrs. Claus both live on campus. We've seen this not work at the computer factories in Shenzhen. There are going to be suicide nets on the top, top of Santa's workshop. This is a terrible idea. Do you want to get rid of the suicide nets? Is that what you're saying? I'm saying the fact that they exist means work life is not in balance. Okay. Fair point. Christopher? Uh, clearly, this is the optimal work-life balance because you're not spending time commuting. Every 10 minutes you spend commuting decreases your overall happiness. Santa's commute? 30 seconds. He's in his closet, or he fireplace teleports even. You know, like, it's awesome. If he can so fireplace everything's teleport, convenient. He can fireplace everything's teleport right there to, for you. He could live in the suburbs and fireplace teleport to the North Pole. He's teleporting. But why would you want to? It's so magical. Everybody there is singing his praises. Everybody there loves him, and he loves them back. Christmas is made of love, my friend. Those elves not of commuting. are imported workers who are miserable <laughs> where they're living, and they're complimenting him to try to get... But there's suicide nets to keep the elves from jumping off. <laughs> tiny suicide nets? Little tiny elven suicide nets. <laughs> they're killing themselves from the top of the factory. You know it. They're miserable. It's a pretty good... They're living in dorms so that Santa could force them to come out and change the manufacturing process on short notice. There is an agony and an ecstasy uh, to Santa Claus. Okay, but Alex, I'm just going to say, this probably is like a Google-like... Um you know, uh, cafeteria where there's good cocoa available 24-7 when it doesn't get exploded. You do realize that one cannot live on cocoa alone. They seem to think oh, they, they can. Oh, but they can. They have weird metabolisms. They <laughs> Every one of these people is going to get scurvy at this factory and fucking die. Elven scurvy is you think yeah, this is the biggest tiny issue. Scurvy. Okay, so what I hear you saying is the biggest issues are tiny suicide nets and elven scurvy. I so I, Alex, I think you got that point on on the on those two key phrases. Um, okay. Tiny suicide nets. Tiny suicide nets. Elven scurvy. Well done. Um, All right. Ad hominem. Last round. Uh, Drew, lead off the ad hominem attack, please. Uh, what, could you define ad hominem? You attack, it's a attack, personal attack on one of us for no reason. But it's unrelated oh, to the no argument. Reason. Very much for no reason, yeah. though. Alex, you are arguing as well as Curtis managed the floor of the of the elf area. You, you, you are just arguing just ludicrous things, and you're getting all personal about it. And really, Curtis is like a little fat Woody Allen, and you're kind of like that. Is that an ad hominem? Yeah, that's pretty good. Pretty good. Yes. Yeah, pretty solid. Uh, my ad hominem attack is against Drew. Drew, you are a terrible freelancer. You're just like Santa Claus in Santa Conquers the Martians, where you just walk into a room and start chuckling for no reason. You're just a simpering, <laughs> giggling idiot. Just walking around. <laughs> hey, in a debate, I want to pile on solid with you, points. Santa also laughs at the worst jokes, and he tells the worst jokes. Santa is like, pills for dinner? I suppose when Martians have headaches, they eat chocolate ice cream. Drew, you laugh Everyone at stupid shit. Everyone giggles politely. I, you yeah. know what? I don't laugh at stupid shit. I just, I, I, I just got an iPad mini for Christmas, or as other people like to call it, an iPhone bigger. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm tax-free. I'm free. <laughs> uh, let's see. I'm going uh, to pick you, Judge. Okay. That's, you, Judge, it. that's a bold judge. move, going after the Judge. <laughs> <laughs> you have judged this as badly as uh, as uh, as an alien hiding in a radar box. You are bumbling and silly, and eventually are doomed to become Martian Santa Claus. You know what? I'm gonna hold my uh, my blue snowball microphone and say, "I wish I had never been judge." <laughs> <laughs> oh man. <laughs> Thank you.
right, and that is it for our show, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us. We will be back next week talking about the Jersey Shore finale. That's right, we've finally gotten to the end of Jersey Shore. We're going to be watching the last few episodes of the last season, and we will cross that off our list forever and ever and ever again. So join us for that next week. Um, should be should be pretty good. And uh, thank you for joining us, as always, Chris and Ez. Yeah, of course. And thank you so much for joining us again, Drew, at Drew Johnston on the Twitters. Yep, that's right. And performing at UCB in New York. Uh, anything coming up that you want to talk about? People should uh, go see? No. Oh, yeah, uh, so uh, I, I perform uh, every Saturday night at UCB Chelsea, 1030, with my team Grandma's Ashes. Uh, and uh, I also... Uh, Sounds am, hilarious. Oh, yeah, it's great. Um, and I also uh, write and, perf- and produce uh, the, sh- the Chris Gethard Show, which is streaming at thechrisgethardshow.com. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining us. We look forward to hanging out with you in New York in January. Before our big, yeah. before and after our big show at the Pit on January twelfth at three thirty p.m. Guys, we're going to have a great time. I can't wait. All right, Hooray. take care, everybody. We'll see you next week. Goodbye. And uh, happy holidays if you celebrate. And if you don't, fuck you. You're a bad person. <laughs>